Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday. It's the 17th of September, 2019. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. You can find out all about this show and become a supporter, like folks in, oddly enough, four different countries have, at abriefchat.com. I'm excited to welcome back my guest, David Rovix. Uh, these interviews aren't necessarily a sequential story, but he was on yesterday, and if you'd like to start at the beginning, go back to yesterday's episode, and you'll be all caught up in 10 minutes. David, it's great to have you back. Thanks so much for being here. Great to be back. One thing, I mean, there's so much stuff you do that I uh, that I really love. I mean, I'm just a, I, I am a completely uh, unabashed fanboy. And one of the things that you do that I find incredibly inspiring and refreshing every time it pops up in my podcast app is This Week with David Rovix, uh, a podcast where you both in speech and song talk about something that's that's happening now and more importantly give it some context and i think it's context that has always been the most important thing that you do for me because you're someone who uh, first of all has been doing this a long time and secondly does some research so that when you talk about an issue it is not disconnected from everything that's happened in the past that led up to it and I think so much of what we hear nowadays, you know, if you watch the news or anything, it's as if each thing is happening in a little bubble and nothing has any impact on it. And this week with David Rovix is a great antidote to that. Could you talk a little bit about about the podcast and your approach to it? Yeah, I mean, that's that, that is the thing with the, the context, wanting to put things into context, because so many people just don't have. Well, I mean, everybody has a different context and, and a lot of people don't have much of a context. And of course, if they have any context, it's often created by the corporate media. So I just wanted to be out there putting out my, putting things into, into a context that made, make sense to me and doing it with, uh, with, with music as well as with prose. Uh, And basically the sort of, Every episode is basically a, a, a an essay that I'm reading in a way that is hopefully sounding spontaneous and not uh, to you know like somebody's reading, but it's something I've uh, written as of course is the song that follows it, and I got into writing and uh, you know, essays maybe uh, I don't know twelve thirteen years ago, and. Um, the key to writing well, I discovered for at least myself, uh, was when I realized that it is an art form, even if you're, uh, of course, doing, you know, writing stuff, if you're writing about politics or something, obviously, you know, or history, you're not going to be making stuff up. Hopefully you're, you're doing good research and writing about actual things that happened. But uh, beyond uh, the content, uh, the style I discovered is uh, basically like if you approach it like art, uh, uh, poetry, uh, then uh, suddenly you become a good writer. Um, this is my uh, the process for me. Much more recently that I that I discovered um, that the uh, how powerful it is to actually you know speak the essay. I mean, because I got into listening to a lot of audio books and and uh, listening to a lot of other podcasts that other people uh, have done, uh, especially like BBC and stuff, and a lot of new you know hard news kind of stuff. But then. Um, I guess particularly listening to BBC's From Our Own Correspondent, this little five-minute piece where it's like a spoken essay. I, I'm really taken by a lot of those, and I, and I basically that's kind of my model for my little essays is, is a little few minutes giving people a little story, taking people to a little 
place somewhere in the world history or, or somewhere in the world geographically where I'm at and, uh, and a song related to it and just leaving it at that is short. Uh, usually they're not more than 10 minutes or so. How does the fact that you have traveled to so many places over such a long period of time impact these essays? Oh, in a big way, because the, the, all the traveling has had such a big impact on my songwriting and my knowledge of history and, and the world and, and uh, people. I mean, which is not to say that my knowledge is so unlimited or, or vast or anything. It's, it's very limited. But among the places that I travel a lot, I've learned a lot about those places. And uh, so that it tends to impact everything. Uh, and I think even if you haven't traveled too extensively, but just traveling a little bit uh, just um, can, can inform your perspective so much in terms of how you understand where you grew up in, wherever that might be. And uh, so I think just uh, even just any kind of traveling has probably had a big impact on my worldview and therefore on my podcast. But a lot of my podcasts are actually about the places that I'm traveling in or have just recently been in. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot that has a lot to do with it. I remember uh, when I graduated from high school in 1991 was the first time I really moved far away from the, the area of the United States, the Northeast where I had grown up and I moved to Japan as an exchange student. And it was the first time I mean, I grew up in very lily white places uh, with people who looked like me and thought like me and moved to a small town in rural northern Japan where no one spoke English and where people's views of where I was from, even though they were largely positive, were colored by things I had never even thought about. And mm. just the, you know, that I think the entire rest of my life changed because of that. I mean, I there was just no way to go back yeah. to being the old me. And yeah. I, f I feel like as much, you know, as much reading as I try to do, uh, there's always things when I listen to your show that I didn't know before. And once you once you know something or and then maybe that causes you to dive into it more. But once the idea is in, it's it gets harder and harder to go back to some kind of safe, conveniently packaged view of the world. Once stuff starts getting in, it's harder and harder to shut those doors again, I think. Not that we should want to, but often it would be easier if mm -hmm. they were shut. Uh, which is yeah, why I, I think, think what you do is true. important. Ignorance can be uh, blissful, I think. At least it seems like it might be, potentially. I don't know. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's uh, just any – and I think you summed it up so well in terms of just, like, the impact that it can have to just spend time somewhere else. And, like, because people are conceptualizing you, as you say, even if they have positive ideas about where you are from, they it's, it's a totally different set of positive ideas than anything you might have thought about. And then also... I, as a as a sort of uh, member of the you know far left, I guess uh, leaving the United States also gave me a lot of perspective on a lot of positive things about uh, the society I grew up in that I had never thought about being a, a person who was just more focused on the negative. Actually, you know, coming out of a certain suburban left uh, tradition that tends to just reject. It's sort of a, a, a I came out of what I guess you could call the uh, 
the, the what is it the what's the word when you hate people the the uh, mis- misanthropic, misanthropic left tradition left, yeah. of the suburbs you know <laughs> and I had to leave the United States to realize oh not only are humans uh, kind of cool but even Americans are kind of cool too you know? <laughs> proud member of the misanthropic left I love it so uh, running out of time but uh, for today I'm hoping you can uh, come back for another episode but I guess I kind of wanted to close just by asking you whether you ever kind of get tired of the role of explainer I feel like a lot of what you do even though you're doing it musically and sometimes you know a lot of times it's fun and you know you're playing concerts for people a lot of it is kind of saying like hey look look at this thing that exists and that seems like it's a lot to carry I mean, my experience, I mean, I, I can see how that could be a lot to carry, but my own personal experience is that as it's cathartic uh, because when you're thinking about this kind of stuff all the time anyway, whether you're the performer or, the, or in the audience, it's cathartic to hear somebody talking about this stuff if they're doing it in a way that's effective or, or moving, uh, you know, the, then uh, for people that are not obsessively thinking about this stuff all the time anyway, then hearing this kind of concert uh, is depressing and very disturbing. So it can be very different experience for different people, depending usually the people who are not thinking about this stuff all the time anyway, don't come to my concerts. But if, you know, if you do, uh, then it's either, it's either a, a revelatory experience where they suddenly become activists for the first time in their lives or more often, it's a really depressing experience, but it's cathartic for people that are in that headspace all the time. And for me, it's cathartic as long as people are listening, as long as it's a paying gig and I have an audience and they're listening. But if it's a, uh, if it's a gig where nobody shows up uh, or they're not paying attention, then it's not at all cathartic. Then I then that's when I think about you know <laughs> becoming a barista. <laughs> Uh, my guest is David Rovix. You can find everything he does and support him uh, both materially and with your time by going to his upcoming tour shows at davidrovix.com. And his last name is R-O-V-I-C-S. And of course, that's going to be linked in the show notes to this show. I'm Jason Crane. This is A Brief Chat. You can find it at abriefchat.com and you can support this show as well there. I love you. A better world is possible. 